At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are live from Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Super Bowl Sunday will be here before we know it, so lots to cover. We'll have Ariel Epstein and Jeff Ulrich break down some of their best props, leans in the big game. Um, we'll also have Johnny Avello of DraftKings Sportsbook give us the book's perspective on where all of the money is going. Plus, momentarily, Stefania Bell of ESPN for some of the injuries in Super Bowl 56, how they might affect player usage down the line. So that's very important for us betting our props, which leads me to number one in our top five stories. You need to know that Impact Us is better. The latest on Super Bowl 56. Rams are back to four and a half point favorites over the Bengals. Total remains steady at 48 and a half. In terms of those injuries, Rams head coach Sean McVay said there's a good chance defensive lineman Sebastian Joseph Day, running back Daryl Henderson, and cornerback Robert Rochelle will be ready to go. All three players have been in the window to be removed off injured reserve since January 21st. Joseph Day getting back from a pec injury that required surgery. Henderson and MCL sprain sustained week 16. And Rochelle a chest injury dating back to week 13. McVay also said they're still taking things one day at a time with regards to tight end Tyler Higby and offensive lineman Joe Noteboom. They'll have a better idea, he says, when they get closer to game day. As for the Bengals, tight end CJ Uzoma, like Higby, also dealing with an MCL sprain. But if him ripping off his brace and throwing it in front of a crowd of 30,000, I think that's a good news, a positive sign at least for his return. Also around the NFL, the Saints have their new head coach promoting from within. Their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen. Allen was always the favorite to replace Sean Payton in New Orleans. as his second stint as a head man after lasting just two years in Oakland as the Raiders coach from 2012 to 14. Saints 30-1, middle of the pack on the odds board for next year's Super Bowl. So now all of the head coaching vacancies have been filled, but technically the Vikings, although Minnesota, as we know, expected to hire Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. NBA trade deadline coming up this Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We saw some players on the move again Tuesday, most notably C.J. McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers. Moving on to the Pelicans, the Pels get McCollum as well as Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell. The Blazers in return take Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Walker-Alexander, Didi Lozada, plus a 2022 projected first-round pick and two second-rounders. Both teams on the cusp of the playoff picture right now. And in action tonight, Portland will host the Magic, laying a point at home. Pelicans hosting the Rockets as nine-point favorites. Also, the Indiana Pacers trading DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a future second-round pick to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Pacers are also in action tonight as 12-point dogs in Atlanta, while the Kings
Kings host the Timberwolves, getting seven at home. More NBA action on the Tuesday card. The Nets will try to end an eight-game losing streak when they host the Boston Celtics. Celts, eight-and-a-half-point favorites at Barclays Center. The Nets are just two and nine since Kevin Durant went down with injury. And speaking of the trade deadline, what will happen with James Harden? What we do know is tonight he's expected to miss a third straight game with hamstring tightness. Nick Claxton also out. Brooklyn, despite the skid, still the favorite to win this year's NBA title at plus 300. No team, by the way, though, in NBA history has ever gone on to win the title after having a streak of seven losses or more during a season. We've also got a potential NBA Finals matchup coming up later. Phoenix Suns at the Philadelphia 76ers. Suns have the best record in the NBA, getting one and a half in Philly. Their only loss in the last 14 games was at Atlanta last Thursday. Phoenix, by the way, not far behind the Nets on the Futures board at plus 450 to win the title. 76ers 14 to 1 to win it all. Sixth on the board. They've dropped two of their last three games, but fresh off a road win in Chicago. Sunday total in that one, 217, around 217 and a half as well. Now, we mentioned off the top those injuries to keep an eye on uh, going into Super Bowl 56. I'm not a doctor, but thankfully, we have the next best thing the incomparable Stefania Bell, physical therapist, ESPN injury analyst with us, very involved in ESPN's NFL and fantasy football coverage. Thank you so much for being here. I know we have a lot of physical injuries to check in on, but I first wanted to check in on your heart with the 49ers not in this week's game. I, too, am a 49ers fan, so it's tough. Then you understand my pain. I'm still grieving the loss. I, uh, apparently, my dog is grieving it, too. I'm so sorry. Um, we didn't expect to be there. It was, you know, house money with the 49ers getting as far as the NFC championship after how the middle of the season went. But they sure look good late in the season. It was a big disappointment. No doubt. And your dog and I are in the same feeling right now where we need to air out our frustrations. I totally feel you. With regards to Super Bowl 56, though, let's get into some of these injuries, starting with the Bengals. Tight end CJ Uzoma uh, carted off early in the AFC Championship game two weeks ago with that MCL sprain. Didn't practice last week. Um, you know, with regards to how you feel about this, he said to reporters he's not going to miss the biggest game of his career. In terms of his usage, how much can you trust him to be used the way that he has in the past. So here's the thing. I think CJ Uzoma, uh, look, when he got carted off, we thought it was for sure done for the season. It, it looked bad. But then they found out that the injury wasn't quite as severe as it may have appeared in the first place. And that's always a positive. You know, the extra week of rest gave him a little more chance to recover. The problem with MCL sprains, and they're they're all around, but they're kind of the key injury for players on both sides of this game is that it really inhibits lateral movement, but just overall knee stability. And when you don't have confidence in your knee, you know you're at greater risk for an injury. The way I interpret it as it stands now is that they're calling him day-to-day. -day. He insists he's going to play. And while I think he'll be active, I'm just not sure he's going to have a huge role. You know, th this is often... Let's see how it goes once he gets on the field. But I have a feeling it will be spy play for him because it's just really hard to get 100% in the short time that he's had. No doubt. And that's great information because obviously on the other side of the football field, Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end, dealing with the same injury. But we've heard, I mean, less optimism with regards to him than we have with Uzoma. Right. And I was at that game uh, when he was injured and even seeing it from a distance, he looked to be in great discomfort. 
And that was really, uh, you know, a big blow for the Rams because he's been such a threat in the red zone. And uh, you're right. They, they, the, the tone is more uh, somber when it comes to Higby's status. And I think Sean McVay used the words they were going to do everything in their power to make him available to play. But I probably have even less confidence in his ability to take the field. And if he does, um, it would be decoy role at best, I'm afraid. Well, Kendall Blanton, after Higby went down, stepped up in that role. I think it was 56 yards that he had to close out that game. Had a touchdown the game prior as well this postseason. Does he seem like somebody you think that could be poised for a, a bigger role then? I know that they like to spread the ball around, but still utilizing the tight end position? I think out of necessity, in terms of volume of snaps, probably so. But I doubt, uh, you know, I wouldn't be looking at him as a huge target um, for pass catching. He's just not the same player that Tyler Higby is. So uh, they certainly want to have, they they love having their big tight ends as a physical presence out there. But I think the role of Tyler Higby, it's not that easy to just plug and play as a replacement. I mean, Blaine was forced into being an every down tight end. And that's just not his usual role. So I think given the um, the forced adjustment within such a short time frame, I just don't see it changing that much. If he'd had multiple weeks during the season, maybe so, but I, I don't think so. Another name that we're trying to figure out the status of Cam Akers, obviously the Rams running back, uh, dealing with a shoulder injury, missed so much of the season with an Achilles, which props to him for being able to be out there this postseason to begin with. Um, but what have you gathered? What's your expectation with the running back room with the Rams? Um, we said off the top, Daryl Henderson might be coming back from injured reserve as well. And Sony Michelle got some more touches last week. I think they're just going to try and spread it around and, and make their run game be as dynamic as it can be, having all potentially all of the backfield available to them. I mean, this is great news for them that Daryl Henderson might be available. He, too, coming off an MCL sprain, is even tougher running back because of the low hits that they often take. And, again, it's a lateral mobility injury. And as a running back, when you have to make quick moves and change direction, uh, this can be really tough, but he's had more time to recover. And so I think they're encouraged with his progress. I would not be surprised to see him available. I believe they've even said he has a good chance to play. As far as Cam Akers' shoulder, you know, he got hurt in the championship game as well. And it looked bad at the time, but he came back and he was playing in a harness in that game. And so, you know, it, it adds stability. If he, we were talking about his Achilles being aggravated, I'd be a lot more nervous. But with the shoulder, there are a lot of workarounds, and the fact that he came back and played in that game really makes it uh, a non-factor to me. There is always the risk that you take a hit or an awkward landing on that shoulder, and then it forces you out. But again, they have Sony Michelle as sort of their solid uh, go-to back who can move the ball on the ground, and then Cam Akers for the dynamic explosive plays when they need him, and Daryl Henderson in the mix as well. Far less important, but I got to ask while I have you got to take advantage of the moment. I'm two weeks post-op from a meniscus surgery. <laughs> How long till I'm doing backflips? Oh, wow. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> as a physical therapist, you totally threw me off there because there's a whole laundry list of things I'd be saying. But just the fact that you want to do backflips is a really good sign. We always want our patients to be aiming for, you know, have the carrot dangling out there so you get back to it as quickly as possible. But maybe, maybe, you know, walk before you run. Okay. Of. The motivation is there. So that's good. Stefania, really, really appreciate your insight and expertise. Thank you for joining us.
Thanks for having me. That's Stefania Bell of ESPN. Really, really good insight. I know for me specifically, I'm targeting a lot of those Cam Akers unders, and her thought process kind of confirmed a little bit about that for me. And you guys know, VEASAN, right here, this is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game, day in, day out. And right now, you can sign up for our free big game betting guide. It's a digital guide. You get trends, strategies, props to watch, tips from our experts all at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl. Get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. More to come. Ariel Epstein on the other side talking some of her favorite props for Super Bowl 56. You won't want to miss it. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, a reminder, you can play Wrangler Squares and celebrate their 75th anniversary with a free shot at a share of $75,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash Wrangler Squares. Now you get in on the action for football's biggest Sunday. Wrangler, the ride of your life. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Stormy Bonantoni back with you live from Circus Sportsbook. Time to go streaking. So we're going to see which trends in the NBA, NHL, college hoops, which will continue or which won't. Going streaking, starting with the Suns and Sixers. The over is 6-0 in the Suns' last six games against the team with a winning record. Total in this one, 217.5. I'm going streaking. Two of the better scoring teams in the NBA. Suns offensively dominant on the year. They average 114.5 points per game. 76ers averaging around 109. Both rank in the top seven in the league in field goal percentage. Maybe the 76ers a little bit more efficient offensively against a Phoenix D that struggled a little bit lately. They're on the second half of a back-to-back. I lean over in this one. I lean streaking. In the NHL, Penguins and Bruins going head-to-head. The Pens dropped their last four games going into the break. Oh, for their last four, do they keep going? Do they win? I vote not streaking. I think this streak comes to an end. Of those four losses, only one came in regulation. They were playing some of the best hockey in the league before that stretch. And as a team, Pittsburgh has also got a four-game winning streak in games played after a break of three days or more like that. They've also been really good on the road, winning nine of their last 11. I think even without Evgeny Malkin, the Pens are poised for a bounce-back spot. 
Bruins have struggled lately themselves. They had just two wins in their last five, and it was against Seattle and Arizona. Not very good competition. So, not streaking. Pens get the win. Last win in college hoops. Number 13, Illinois, taking on number three, Purdue, in a Big Ten battle. The Fighting Illini, 5-0 ATS their last five games as a road underdog. I'm streaking. I actually bet this earlier this morning. I'm taking the Illini plus six. Um, now it's five. Sad I didn't catch the hook. It was six and a half at one point. Um, might even play this live. I digress. When these two last met, Purdue won 96-88, but it was a double overtime game. Kofi Coburn was in foul trouble, fouled out early in the first overtime. I sense another down-to-the-wire game here. Um, Purdue also for as great as they've been offensively, number one in offensive efficiency in college basketball right now. They're 181st in three-point defense. They leave guys open, which is a recipe for disaster against a team like Illinois. I like Illinois plus the points. Time now, as promised, to bring in our girl Ariel Epstein, host and betting analyst over at Yahoo Sportsbook, to continue our all things Super Bowl talk this weekend. The big game right around the corner this Sunday. Ariel, who you got? I've got the Rams. It's taken me so long to finally just bite the bullet and do it. I couldn't figure out just because there's two different mottos here, Stormy. Team of destiny or winning it in the trenches. If you like the Rams, you go with the motto winning in the trenches. If you like the Bengals, they're just a team of destiny. Well, I'm proud of you for taking a side, taking a stance. I still have yet to ultimately decide where I land when the game is all said and done. I did bet the Rams minus three first half, though. I think that the Rams are a team that tends to get out to faster starts while the Bengals have been a slower starter team. Like or hate the bet? I like it. I, I understand where you're going with it because you come out of the gate firing with this offense and the Bengals have been more of that adjustment team. I mean, we saw it in the AFC championship game that their defense has adjusted. Well, the Rams also seem to play well. And then you think you have it in the bag. Then you turn the ball <laughs> over twice and let Tom Brady come back against you. Those are the things that definitely scare me about the Rams full game. They can be a frustrating team, no doubt. And you are, of course, the prop queen. Before I get to specific props, I know on Yahoo Sports, you recently wrote an article giving some tips to people before they go out and bet their props. Can you give us some of those for maybe first-time listeners looking to bet the Super Bowl for the first time? Yeah, it's really important that you know how to bet these Super Bowl props in a smart way. People like to look for these weird, crazy props. I don't like to... I don't like to really move away from what I've been doing all year. The main thing is make sure that you actually handicap these numbers. You may think that a number on Joe Burrow's passing yards looks amazing until you actually do the math and realize, oh, he hasn't really gone over that number so often. I also like to tell people how to handicap them well. Don't just look at what have you done for me recently. Look at what the defenses have been allowing recently. That's, I think, the biggest advice I could give for handicapping props is don't just say, I'm going to take a prop because he's hit this over in six of his last seven. Well, maybe five of those games were against bottom 10 defenses. Now you have to look to what the Bengals have allowed. What have the Rams allowed? That's really how you handicap the props better than just looking at what each individual player has done recently. So as you personally dug into your numbers, what was maybe your favorite prop or your best bet when it comes to Super Bowl 56? It's funny because everyone always asks me for a best bet. I've been trying to go on each show and give out a few different bets. However, the one I keep going back to is the over one and a half field goals on the Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson. 
He's just been so good in the playoffs to the point that he's the second biggest liability on the Bengals side if they were to win the Super Bowl for Super Bowl MVP. He's not only been so good and clutch, he's been able to kick field goals from any distance. The problem with the Bengals is that they've actually ranked 20th in regards to scoring inside the red zone. They get downfield. They'll probably get downfield against the Rams because they have the fourth worst defense against receivers this year. They just may not be able to score. That's where McPherson comes in. His range is so deep that the Bengals can throw him out there, whether it's a 50-yard or 55-yard, even close to a 60-yard field goal. It wouldn't shock me if the Bengals throw him out there. That's why I like his over one and a half field goals. I love that that's where you went with this, Ariel, because on VSID, we were asked, you know, our best prop that we liked the most. And that was my number one was McPherson over one and a half field goals. He's 12 for 12 so far this postseason, hit all of his extra points. He's just such a lock and has so much trust from head coach Zach Taylor. I love the bet. With regards to maybe some other skill positions, what are some props that you've been targeting? I love the longest reception. It's another thing that I mentioned in the Yahoo article, which you definitely should go out and read at sports.yahoo.com. The, the Yahoo article talked about how a lot of these receiving yards props for wide receivers, these passing yards props for quarterbacks, and the rushing yards prop for running backs, they're so mainstream. The only time I ever look at those is a tight end receiving yard prop. I look for smaller markets on the offensive side of the ball. So talking about skills players, if I want to target wide receivers, I'm looking at that longest reception prop. The Rams have allowed for 14 different uh, 14 different catches of over 30 yards this year, and that's two more than the Bengals have. That's why I'm looking at the number one deep threat in Cincinnati and Jamar Chase. He's going to be up against Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. That's why I'm not going to take him for receiving yards or receptions. Over 27 and a half yards on Chase's longest catch. Look for the two LSU, the LSU duo of Burrow and Chase to connect in the big game yet again. He also, again, like I mentioned, the Rams are terrible against receivers this year. Fourth most receiving yards allowed. Chase has been clutch. Chase can get open. I love for him to go over his prop. Well, and his quarterback, Joe Burrow, has thrown a completion of 40-plus in five of his last six games as well. Chase is his favorite target. Seems like a recipe for success there, no doubt. And because you mentioned the liability for MVP on Evan McPherson, books are certainly hoping that the first kicker ever to be Super, M Super Bowl MVP at 150-1 to 1 doesn't happen. Another guy that books have liability on is Aaron Donald. What are your expectations for the Rams defensive player to, to do in the Super Bowl? I like for his over four and a half total tackles. It's about plus 100 in some places, which I actually have seen the number move in his favor. It was around plus 110, plus 120, and it's moved in favor of Donald. He's just a player that has that chip on his shoulder. He was on this Rams team when they lost the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He's gone over before the playoffs. He went over four and a half total tackles in five or six straight games. He had one where he had five total tackles in the playoffs. He's been a little quiet. This mm -hmm. is the big game. And he's up against a horrendous offensive line who's allowed the most sacks in the playoffs this year. That's why Aaron Donald to get to the quarterback, have a couple sacks, which counts as a tackle. In addition to maybe attacking some Joe Mixon, I like for Donald to go over four and a half total tackles. Were you surprised at all to see Von Miller's number the same as Aaron Donald also at four and a half? Or is that another over you like? I was surprised, and here's why. I was surprised because Miller's prop has been three and a half all postseason. 
He's averaging just over four total tackles ever since joining the Rams. He was averaging just under five total tackles since uh, his, well, in his playoff career. Miller went over three and a half total tackles in both the first two playoff games. And then last playoff game, he had two or three. So he went under the three and a half number, which was overly juiced to minus 160 on the over. He goes under and they moved the prop up. <laughs> that seemed a little fishy to me because I'm thinking to myself, why move a prop up after a player just went under and you were so stuck on this three and a half number for so long? It's telling me that the book likes him. And now granted, it is plus 120 for Miller to go over four and a half. I ended up taking both because I was going to be mad at myself. And it's the Super Bowl. I was going to be mad at myself if I didn't take them both and they both ended up hitting. You gotta take the plus money. Great stuff, Ariel. Really appreciate the time. That is Ariel Epstein of Yahoo Sports betting analyst. Great stuff from the prop queen herself. When we come back, DraftKings Sportsbook director Johnny Avello on the program and fade or follow. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bon Antoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back here to My Guys in the Desert. This segment brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouch is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, they're spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. Plus, for your convenience, every variety comes in two strengths. So you can easily find the satisfaction level that works for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. So it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head on over to Zyn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Time for fade or follow. There are a number of largely bet public plays in the NBA and NHL tonight. Do we agree or disagree? Starting with the Bucks, four and a half point favorites at the Lakers. Now three and a half point favorites. Fade or follow? I'm I'm following, especially now that I see that number drop. Bucks on a three-game win streak, covered all three. Giannis has been lights out, averaged 28.9 points per game on the year, but 31 and a half from January to now. And I don't know, I just feel like this is a team that got embarrassed against Denver, and they should be. 36-point loss at home, but since then, they've just woken up. Those three games winning by an average of of 22.3 points per game. I know uh, LeBron and the Lakers have been solid covering themselves 4-1 ATS over their last five, but I'm going with the Bucs on this one, following the vast majority. In the NHL, the Blue Jackets and Caps are going head-to-head. The majority of the money on the over six. 93% of the handle, 74% of bets, and I'm following this one. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Mike, when we get off air, Columbus is at four straight, go at or over the number, nine of their last 11 on the year. 30 of their 43 games have seen six or more goals scored. They average 3.1 goals per game and give up 3.9. Caps in a similar boat, and they do, for the injury issues they have, they get OV back from COVID-19 protocol, so pretty big boost. I'm a, yeah, I'm following the over. In college hoops tonight, top-ranked Auburn taking on Arkansas in Arkansas as two-point favorites. This is one where I'm going to pass or fade. I kind of like the hogs here. Um, Auburn's not fared well on the road recently, despite racking up wins. Easily could have lost to Missouri, a one-point win. 
Georgia last game a two-point win. Those are two of the worst teams in the SEC, and you won by a combined three points. Meanwhile, Eric Musselman's Arkansas group won eight straight, crushed those two teams that I just mentioned, and they're going to be extremely motivated at home against the top-ranked team in the country. So I would either fade the public on that one, or just don't, just don't bet it. Just stay away. Uh, time to welcome in Director of Sportsbook Operations for DraftKings, Johnny Avello, who is coming to us live from the Waste Management Open. How's it going out there? You getting the, the lowdown on the leaderboard for us that gets started on February 10th? It's pretty crazy here already, Stormy. Uh, I was trying to do this via camera, and I had a, gri- a great uh, backdrop of the 16th hole, but it's just too noisy. And I couldn't hear your producer, and he couldn't hear me, so we had to do it via phone. I'm not wasted yet, but I'm getting close. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that we can hear you and you can hear me, and you'll have to send us some photos of the action down there. Let's talk a little Super Bowl, though. Rams and Bengals line, we've seen it bounce back and forth between the four, four and a half. Any expectation of it dropping lower, more in the three and a half range, or even up to five? Do you expect any movement as we get closer to Sunday? It could it could reach five, and it also could reach three and a half. Uh, you know, we've got a few days to go yet, uh, but none of those are really significant numbers. The the five isn't that important. Now, dropping below four would be a, be important. I think uh, you'd see people if you want the Rams, they'd lay that, especially if you're waiting for a price to get lower to lay on the Rams. But this number has been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Four and a half, we opened it. We bounced back a few times, but. For the better part now of, uh, you know, a week, week and a half, the holding, which is very unusual for a Super Bowl number to hold that long. Well, and speaking of holding, the total has held pretty steady at 48 and a half as well. Are more people been unders or overs in this one? Yeah, with that number holding uh, at 48 and a half, that tells me that this number is going up. And it also tells me that if the number doesn't move much, that the money is still going to be on the over. Uh, and in about every parlay that's out there. So I think I'd expect this to go up a tick before game time. With regards to Super Bowl MVP, I, I know it's such a quarterback type of award, but that also means there's going to be less value on the odds boards for them. So people try to get creative, look a little bit down the board. Where are you seeing most of the tickets and handle come in with regards to MVP? Uh, defensive player, a little Miller. Uh, the Cooper Cup taking a little bit. Chase taking a little bit. Uh, you know, neither quarterback has to win this because, uh, you know, they could throw one touchdown pass and one pick and win the game. So uh, this is more of a wide-open year in his MVP race than in the past. But if you want to bet that correlation where you think the team wins and the, uh, the quarterback wins, you, you know, you can get you can get pluses on both. You can get plus 230 or so. Um, Burrow and you know get, get a small plus on uh, Stafford. Yeah, I see that plus two twenty five right now with Joe Burrow at least. Um, and also something that interests me: the seven percent of handle on Evan McPherson. A kicker's never won the award, but people are taking the one the one fifty to one long shot. You mean M N M McPherson never missed? That's uh, the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know he's uh, he's been sensational and. The guy goes into a game, kicks four field goals, kicks the winning field goal from 56 yards. I'm setting up the story, Stormy. I don't know if it's going to end that way, but, you know, that's a, that's a scenario he could get there. Insane to think about. Um, you guys also get in on some of the, the fun, more interesting props as well. Saw you guys added the Gatorade odds, which people absolutely love to bet. Uh, which color has been the most popular on your guys' end? 
Well, we have the clear to favorite, uh, but I think more people have been tending to go with the orange or the blue. And you know the reason for that, right? Orange Bengals, blue Rams. Uh, you know, maybe uh, if the team wins, that's the color they'll use. I have no idea, Stormy on. The team, I, don't, I don't even know how the team came up with a little research and put it together. I got to tell you, I strongly disagree with the orange and blue. Only three teams historically that have won have dumped their own team color on their coach. I, are, are you surprised to know that I did research on this, Johnny? Good job, Stormy. I'm putting you to work tomorrow. <laughs> it's the little things. Well, another thing that people really love to bet is the coin toss. And is this usually a pretty even split with people betting heads or tails? Or is there one that you've seen be kind of a dominant flip pick for people? I've had guys bet, you know, huge five figures on this bet. Stop. And I said, a guy, why did you bet it? He said, because uh, I'm laying the least amount of juice and... I don't know who's going to win the game, so let me get it over early, win or lose. So that's the way, that's the way some betters look at it. That's crazy to me that you're putting that much on a 50-50 shot. No research, no nothing. You just pick a side. Exactly. And lay low juice. Ay, ay, ay. Um, well, you also have a prop that I, I need some explanation for. It's called an octopus. Can you give me the lowdown? Yeah. yeah, so the octopus is the guy that scores the touchdown and then makes the two-point conversion uh, following. That's the octopus. Uh, we have that up at 14-1, to 1, yes. Uh, minus 2,500, no. Uh, that's going to that's gonna draw a little bit of action to plus. So if it happens, you can, you can chalk that up as a loser for us. Uh, that's crazy. I love that, though. That's What a fun bet. And that's like the point of these, right? You guys at DraftKings do such a good job of coming up with unique, interesting ways to get people involved in the action in the game. You also have some cross-sport props for Sunday. Um, which one or two stands out to you as some of the most popular where people are betting, whether it's, you know, Jason Tatum three-pointers and something that's going on in the game. It's really cool what you guys have. They're not popular yet, Stormy. They won't be yet. Because uh, they, they have to wait too long? Right. You got to wait too long, yeah. So there'll be a little bit of time, but they'll write some money also. People need that instant gratification when it comes to the big game. Although I know you guys as books, you have to wait a hot second until the NFL confirms everything as well before you can get those paid out. Um, one last thing. Outside of the Super Bowl, we have the NBA trade deadline, of course, coming up this Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. What's your approach to setting numbers around this time with players on the move? C.J. McCollum, for example, to the Pelicans, a fringe playoff team right now. Does that move the needle for you at all? A little, but this is a time when the uh, the team, the trading team's got to be, you know, very aware of what's going on because you don't want to get caught, uh, you know, not having a team too high and they just mm -hmm. traded for a great player. So this is a time to really pay attention. Uh, and Well, you got to pay attention for various reasons. We've got lot going on this week but in particularly NBA well yeah that's what I was thinking because there's these big names that so many people are thinking might be in the on the move a James Harden potentially a Ben Simmons and how much that factors into your numbers really interesting exactly uh you know that Harden is a big deal uh you know he he's a valuable asset to a team that gets him their odds will, and if it's a good team odds will drop uh, dramatically. No doubt. Really appreciate you giving us the lowdown on all things Super Bowl 56. Uh, talk to you soon, Johnny. Don't have too much fun out there at the Waste Management Open. Oh, I won't. Be, I won't. <laughs>
<laughs> That's our guy, Johnny Avello, Sportsbook Director at DraftKings. Great insights, as always, from him. When we come back, it's Hot Take Tuesday, and we close out the show with Jeff Ulrich. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Tony with you here wrapping up my guys in the desert. Make sure you join me on Friday at 6 p.m. for big game betting and beers. We're going to be down at the South Point Casino here in Vegas. I'll be joined by our guys in the desert. You know them. You love them. Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, Vinny Maiulo. We're going to have a really fun, informative look betting this year's big game. Some stories from behind the book over the years. Um, these legends just have such great insight and crazy stories from behind the book. It's free for anybody over 21, so come by the South Point again Friday, 6 p.m. Um, specials on Budweiser, Bookmaker Blonde. You can get Chris Andrews' book. It's really going to be a great event. Um, we're wrapping things up here with Hot Take Tuesday, everybody's favorite segment of the show, where my producer Stephanie Kamerstack gives me some hot takes, and I determine the level of heat coming off them. First one she's got for us, will we finally see Red Gatorade this year? They're a long shot at plus 600. This one's not that hot for me. I think red is due. Look farther down the board than orange or blue. Like I said to Johnny, teams don't typically use their own color to dump over the game-winning coach. And just from a superstition standpoint, I think if you're the Bengals, you don't want to use blue. If you're the Rams, you don't want to use your opposing team's color orange. Like, get away from that. I definitely recommend you look a little bit farther down the board. I think that red is a real possibility for the first time in history. Why are people so against fruit punch? I don't understand. All right, next one Stephanie has for us. Jamar Chase will have more receiving yards than Cooper Cup. You can bet this at DraftKings plus 165. I'm calling this hot but possible. Um, not a bet I'm personally making, but you can see why it's out there. Cup a very consistent threat to go over the century mark. Regular season average was 114 yards per game. He's always targeted. He always does something with it, while Chase is more of a, a wild card and only averaged around 85 yards per game. They did spread things out a little bit more lately. But when I say that wild card factor, he's somebody that can bust for 100, 200 yards on any given day. So hot but possible. We know Burrow loves the deep ball and he loves his favorite target in Jamar Chase. 
Um, but ah, Cooper Cup. I'm betting his over if you care. Um, Cam Akers will score two or more touchdowns. It's plus 550. This is a hot mess. Dumpster fire. Too hot for me. No shot, Steph. If this happens, I will, I don't know, like jump up and down on this set if that helps you. Strongly disagree. I would not waste your money. Sean McVay does not rely on Akers inside the five-yard line. It's an incredible story the way he's come back from his Achilles. Now you got the shoulder injury. He's suffering from fumbleitis. We talked to Stefania Bell earlier, said that she thinks it'll be more like a running back by committee type of a thing. I don't waste your money. I'll tell you another bet I do like. Cam Akers under 16 and a half attempts, which I hear our guest is also a fan of this wager as we bring in Jeff Ulrich, DraftKings betting and fantasy analyst at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. You're with me for the Cam Akers unders, I hear. I'm definitely with you for the Cam Akers unders. I mean, I kind of just want to talk about the Gatorade color for the next 30 minutes with you and and maybe we discuss why people don't go with like purple freeze or whatever, you know, like the, the, the alternate colors. But let's talk about Cam Akers for a sec because you mentioned it. I guess it's a hot mess. I mean, Daryl Henderson is back this week. I mean, it's, it's all been confirmed. He's going to be there. Sony Michelle is there. Cam Akers is, is the guy who almost knocked the Rams out of the playoffs single-handedly, and he's banged up. I, I, I don't know how he gets to 17 rushes in this game. Like, the game, I mean, the, the, the LA Rams defense would have to take control from the very start, and you'd also need Cam Akers to get on the field and be productive from the start of the game, because if he's not productive, now Sean McVay has two guys he can go to instead of one. Take the under on Cam Akers this week. You mentioned the touchdown props. Don't touch those. But my favorite run to go under is the rushing attempts because I think it's got to be a perfect storm for Cam Akers to hit the over on this. And, and uh, I mean, perfect storms. We can fade those. So Yeah, two-plus touchdowns. Who's betting that? Like, you couldn't make the odds high no. enough, I feel like, for Cam Akers to touch that. That's just me. Um, before we get into more of these isolated props, though, would love just to get – your lead on the game. Are you back in the Bengals or the Rams or are you still undecided? Yeah, yeah no, I'm definitely all, all over the Bengals here. I think that especially at plus now that it's up to four and a half. I mean, I think this is a good time to jump on it. Um, I just look at these two teams. I, I think the Rams are kind of getting built up in people's mind as this like elite team. And they're, and they're so much better than the Bengals. This is a team in, in the Rams who, I mean, they're extreme. They basically got gifted the game last week. Uh, by San Francisco and some crazy decision-making by Kyle Shanahan. And then they also got lucky from the sense that they didn't have to go to Green Bay and, and beat a legit team on the road. It's a team that's just made, you know, a co- like errors after errors. They're just not, they don't execute as well as the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think that when you look at the Bengals as a whole, they're not flashy. They don't have the Aaron Donalds of the world or the Jalen Ramsey's on defense, but they have a very good secondary and they are very good at executing on offense as well. Joe Burrow is not a guy who gets rattled under pressure. I don't think that the Rams pressure is going to be as big a factor as people think. I think you're getting really good value to take the Bengals at plus four and a half. Won't even get into the the fact that this is at home. It could be a huge distraction for the Rams, but I like the Bengals in this one. I think four and a half is a good number. Actually, sell me on that. I'm very interested. That's one note that I haven't heard from anybody on our air yet is the distraction of having the the home game at SoFi. Well, I mean, look, it's, you know, we had it last year, and, and everyone's okay. Well, it worked out well for Tampa. LA is a completely different environment. I mean, you, you've got obviously Matthew Stafford in his first Super Bowl, a lot of hype obviously being up, built up. And, and I mean, last year also, I mean, there's limited uh, events as well with the COVID situation. I see the home thing as more of a distraction for a team like the Los Angeles Rams than it was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. I just don't think that's, that's an advantage that uh, really should be 
you know, being looked at as anything like an edge for the Rams. And I think it's kind of being built into the line that, yeah, this team is at home. And so, it, again, instead of seeing like three and a half or three, which I think would be the fairer line here, I think you're seeing this pumped up to, to over four. And, and I, I just don't think that it's really any kind of advantage for L.A. in that regard. You've also got a neutral fan base there in the Rams. I mean, yeah, again, you go back to that San Francisco game, you had more 49ers fans in the stands. So I don't see any advantage here for being at home at the Rams. If anything, I think it's a deterrent. It's a really interesting thought process. Um, you mentioned Joe Burrow not being a guy that gets rattled. So with that, his passing yards prop is set at 273 and a half. One and a half touchdowns. Um, do you think that those are two numbers he could surpass? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the touchdowns are, are typically a prop I, I don't love to like go crazy on. Uh, although there is, I, I don't mind actually going under on Stafford, but that's a that's another bet. Okay. Burrow for me though, I, I do like attacking his over. Uh, 273.5 right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, Burrow's passing numbers have kind of been all over the place, but still, when, when it comes down to it, you look at the bigger pictures, you zoom out. It's a player who led the yard and yards per pass attempt in the league. He's got the best passer rating under pressure in the league. So again, you know, I, I don't think the Rams are necessarily going to be able to stop Joe Burrow. The one thing the Rams do do well is, is stop the rush, though, and, and I think that the Bengals will be game planning uh, around that fact. They'll be using Joe Mixon a little bit more in the screen game. They'll use, be using Jamar Chase potentially in the screen game. And it's all just going to lead to some more cheap yardage for Joe Burrow. So I think that going over on Burrow's props, if you're going to target one, the passing yards is what I like the best. Okay, and because you teed me up for it, Matt Stafford, you're tempted with the under one and a half passing touchdowns. I think that's a bit of a bolder play because I'm looking at his stats right now. Five game streak, tossing yeah. multiple touchdowns, uh, nine games this year with three plus. Why do you think under is the play? So, I mean, touchdowns as a, as a market in general, it's just variable, right? Like, Touchdown. I mean, guys can, you know, Matt Stafford can make a great pass to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup could get tackled at the one yard line and then it's a rushing play on the next one. So touchdowns just in general, you know, they're variable. And when we're looking at the odds here on the DraftKings Sportsbook, you're getting plus 165 to take the under on 1.5 passing touchdowns. Like that's a pretty big number for a quarterback. You, you, you have to get a little bit of touchdown luck to hit two touchdowns. And the Bengals passing defense, it's pretty good. Only two times have quarterbacks thrown for more than two passing touchdowns against the Bengals. They're a very good sort of shell kind of defense. So I think that all things considered, when you're looking at this one, it's just really just an odds play. I mean, Matthew Stafford, yeah, he could absolutely throw for three touchdowns. He's played well. You mentioned Sean McVay will go to the pass there, but I think that the odds on this one have just gotten a little bit too high. People a little bit too bullish on a prop where, you know, there's a lot of variance involved in touchdown scoring just in general in the league. We haven't talked about the fact that maybe the Rams defense gets involved in the scoring or something. So I'm taking the under here just because I think these odds are, have gotten too big. So is that, let's look at some of the more unique, you know, DraftKings props that are out there. Are there any defensive stats or props that you're targeting or any non-Gatorade exotics you like? So, okay. I mean, there's, there's definitely a couple. I think if you are going to target like a defensive touchdown score or really just a defense in this game um, to kind of go on a prop, I would actually recommend going on the Bengals side. And there's a, it's a pretty simple reasoning. We're just getting better odds. I mean, you look at the, the Rams defense versus the Bengals defense in pretty much every prop category and in the Bengals defense is at bigger odds. I mean, again, Defensive touchdowns are extremely variable thing. I mean, the Rams defense could get four turnovers and no touchdowns. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, when you're getting good value, betting better value on, on one of the sides, I mean, I think you just take that side naturally. And again, Matthew Stafford, 
we, we forget. I mean, he was basically leading the league in interceptions at one point. Everyone's worried about Burrow and the pressure with the Rams, but I mean, Stafford could easily throw one uh, uh, in there as well. I'm going to throw one more out there, Stormy, really quickly. Take Jason Tatum, three-pointers made versus the Rams total touchdowns at plus 160. Tatum likes to throw up this three Love it. Thank you so much. That's Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings. Make sure you check out all of his news and insights at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. That's a wrap for my guys in the desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.